0: Oh, oh,
1: one more thing. Oh, listen, there's one more thing. Uh, just one more thing. Yes, just one more thing. A podcast about Colombo. I'm John Morris.
2: And I'm R.J. White. Uh, this time we're looking at Make Me a Perfect Murder, broadcast February 25th, 1978, directed by James Frawley, written by Robert Blee's, and starring Trish Vandeveer, James McEachan, Lawrence Leckenbill, and Peter Falk as Columbo. And every episode of Just One More Thing, we're joined
1: by special guests to help us discuss Columbo. This time around, it's writer for the AV Club, Noel Murray, and TV critic and college professor, Donna Bowman. But before we bring them on, RJ, tell us a little bit about this episode. When television
2: industry go-getter Kay Freestone's boss and special secret weekend friend gets a shot at running a whole TV network in New York, she figures she'll be moving up the corporate ladder with him, or at the very least, get his job in L.A. Oh no, instead she gets a brush off and a brand new car! When she shows her anger at this consolation prize, he suggests she do something like murder him, babe! Kay politely obliges, shooting the man dead while he's probably reading a script for Sheriff Lobo or something like that. Unfortunately for her, a wackily neck-braced Lieutenant Columbo is on the job for a case involving uncomfortable neck rubs, pilled-up variety show stars, surprise George C. Scotts, and excruciatingly repetitive instructions on the finer points of movie projection. That's this episode. Uh, welcome, folks, to the program. Um... Now I think uh, you you guys actually uh, you, you chose this one. Why did you pick this episode?
3: Well, I'll tell you. Um, this is Noel, by the way. Hello, everybody. Oh Yeah. Sorry, Noel Murray. That's all right.
2: Um, you didn't sound uh, like a Donna, but yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, back about gosh, I want to say it was uh, twenty years ago. Uh, I had a brief period of time where I um, was, let's say, between employment. <laughs>
2: yes.
3: Uh, and uh, and during that time, A and E had their. They're mystery afternoons. And mm. I used to, I was trained to do, to do work as a freelance writer, but I would get distracted by these A and E blocks of mystery shows. And I that's why I started to fall in love with Columbo, because it was on, you know, hour and a half or two hours, however long it was every day. And this particular episode really captured my fancy back then because of its style and because it's one of the rare Columbos where you can tell that uh, the lieutenant is not just faking his affection for the killer that he genuinely, I think for the longest time, doesn't really even want to believe that she did it. Oh, and interesting. Is, okay. It's kind of, it's kind of disappointed in her at the end when all the pieces fall together.
2: Hmm. Okay. See, cause I get like, like I think I, it's one of those ones where I think he, to me, like it seems like he, it's one of those deals where he knows pretty soon that it's probably her, um, But I think I I agree with you. Yeah, like looking at it that way, he knows it's her, but he may be disappointed knowing the entire time that it is her and having to, and maybe being being disappointed that she was kind of very sloppy about it. Because she was kind of sloppy in this one, I think. Well,
0: surely, Noel, you think that he knows it's her from the very entrance where he's lying on the couch and he has her come in and reenact the murder (laughs) the first time they meet. That's a pretty good
3: indication, yes. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I mean, I don't think that he's. I mean, obviously, he's targeting her the entire time, but I, but I do think he is kind of, uh, you know, he, he does have. A, they have that wonderful scene together in her old house where they. Oh, talk that about,
2: weird abandoned house thing. Yes.
3: Yeah, where they talk about both of them talk about growing up poor and and what mm-hmm. it was like, and mm-hmm. and they kind of compare their worldviews. Where she talks about how you know growing up poor has made her hungrier and made her more cynical, and he talks about how. There was so much love in his house, and you know, and and he has a different different view of the world. And so I think I think it's kind of that contrasting worldviews aspect of it that, you know, I think he, I think he wants to believe the best about her, and he's let down by it.
0: Well, I so, uh, I want to believe the best about her too because I think she got a really a terrible shake in life, even though she made a lot of mistakes, obviously murdering someone is not a good thing. No. Um, She really gets, she gets shafted by so many people in this episode. And so I, I, you know, I was rooting for her too, actually.
2: See, I, I think she gets shafted by people in this episode, but I think also to me, one of the weird, grim, dark jokes, this episode is that the guy she kills was kind of right in that she was not good at that job. In the end, she was actually not very good to be running a TV network division. Because she, he,
1: she definitely showed the one weakness he mentioned.
2: Yes, which is strange. Like, oh, well, you know, you killed the guy, but he was actually kind of almost correct about you and kind of read you pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like maybe she needed a few more years experience before she was able to take that over. But she's like, no, I want to know. I get in his office, everything. It's like, oh, well, no, you made two huge mistakes in the span of two days. After he killed the guy and took his job over, pretty much.
3: Yeah, I, don't know. Yeah. I, I would challenge that a little bit. I mean, I mean, oh. his his criticism of her is that she doesn't make decisions; she makes guesses, which I guess is true in that you know she she has that horrible decision of letting her old friend. Do the live television? Shows. Oh,
2: that whole thing is weird too. Yeah,
3: yeah, which, which doesn't. Well, that whole sequence. We, 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 can, we can talk about this more later on. But this is kind of yeah, one of the, the one of the interesting and sometimes detrimental aspects of the two-hour Columbos is oh. they have a lot of subplots and side things that don't really go anywhere. Right. Uh, at this, at the same time, <clears throat> this particular one I think is better written and crafted than a lot of them because that whole. Uh, it really does sort of help explain her character and who she is by her loyalty towards this friend who is going to let her down. But I would say that all the things that she does wrong, aside from kind of her sloppiness with the murder, are, are kind of beyond her control. I mean, it's because her friend is so sloppy that she has to waste that TV movie she spent so much time on. And it was apparently a pretty good movie. It just so happened that she had to run it at the wrong time and didn't get the ratings that she expected. So, I don't know. There's a lot of circumstance involved in her not being good at her job in this case.
2: Well, I was thinking about that though. But did she have to run that movie, or she has an entire TV network <laughs> and archival things at her disposal? <laughs> I yeah, think she I she think chose it. that film yeah. because it was something she felt like, oh, I'll make my mark by running this movie that I've been yeah, shepherding think, through.
0: That is her weakness: is that she sees these opportunities and injects herself into them. That's the first time we see her, she's micromanaging the sound recording session. Oh right? yes,
2: yes, definitely. So yeah,
0: that's that's her deal: is that she sort of um, is a you know she 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 tries to run everything and she doesn't delegate anything and she doesn't she only thinks about the things she knows something about. Um, the you know they have that line about how the worst kind of executive is the one who knows how to do everybody's job.
2: All oh, right, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also uh, gives creepy uh, back rubs to sound guys <laughs> who don't want creepy back rubs. Like the look on that guy's face when she's just like, she's like, oh, I am, it, it's like the uh, the um, uh, George Bush Angela Merkel thing, pretty much. <laughs>
1: well, she has that menacing line when she's doing it to him too, and she says, "How's that for a massage?" <laughs>
2: it's like, oh.
1: the poor fellow was not even the one that she was angry at. She was angry at the producer or annoyed with the producer, and she took it out on his tech guy yes. with this menacing looming massage which i certainly have seen in the corporate world more than once
2: uh.
0: well when she does it again to columbo i mean Noel, you describe that scene as as sweet that is really strange when she suddenly starts giving columbo a neck, neck massage He's that's another menacing
1: <laughs> it's another menacing line though where she says i won't t-, and she says it in this very cool almost robotic voice I won't touch your neck detective
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: and it's it's again it's about her that's right after their exchange about their relative poverty and what what poverty did to them
2: and, and also it's in an abandoned house in the abandoned house in that, the dark, that has yeah. a uh, the, the Italian restaurant tablecloth an abandoned house that's,
1: but, the, but the important thing about that scene to my mind was that that's her attempt to control people that's how she physically dominates men who mm. are trying to be her equals. And when she does it to Columbo, he just goes, ah, that's nice. Yes. He to <laughs> it him, just it's absolutely work. wonderful. Yeah. So I mean, it just, that's a, that's a weapon that will not work on him.
2: Right. Well, I mean, he does that a lot. He does a lot. Of, there's a lot of that in this episode of the, uh, the classic Columbo, just, um, causing people to underestimate him, just like undercutting any sort of thing like that. They do that a lot in this one that I actually kind of liked, um, like, the whole thing with, like, the having the neck break. Well, actually, okay, let, let's go to the beginning of yeah, the episode. So the let's, sort of, let's
1: start all the way back at Columbo's medley, royalty-free which, medley.
2: yes, royalty-free medley. that doesn't start like any other Columbo yeah. episode starts. starts with Columbo, not right. the murder. He's just driving down the street, singing a whole bunch of songs, uh, completely not noticing that the police are kind of after him, sort of, for recklessly driving, <laughs> and then just crashes into a cop car, and gets whiplash, which is very odd.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, that's and they actually
2: dent the car. That,
3: that's another reason. I'm sorry. Why go I con- ahead. No, that's my con- this episode. This is actually a very unusual structure for a Columbo to actually begin with him as opposed yeah. to like, beginning with the killer, and then you know having him come in later, and. There's not really any particular purpose to it. I mean, no. Except for, except for maybe setting up the theme of if he has a stiff neck and she likes to rub that. <laughs> I guess that's
2: it. That's the only reason. Because I mean, there is nothing. Yeah, there's no reason for him to be having the, except for a few like gags. There's no reason well, for the, him to the have gags the gags. Helped
1: case. nail home. This is what seventh season.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's the a last 1970 Sevent- season. Yeah.
1: Okay, so they've really done. They've managed mm-hmm. to get. I think really ring the rag dry on Colombo seems incompetent just to set people off. So by adding a, a neck brace in now he can, whenever somebody says something like, uh, can we do anything to help Lieutenant? He goes, Oh no, my neck's fine. Oh yes. It's <laughs> yeah. another way for him to throw off suspicion of his intellect.
0: Yeah. That's a nice shtick. And I also like the fact that because he can't turn his head independently in those early scenes, he's I turning am. his whole body. Yes.
2: <laughs> but it, but it really but that really highlights uh, the uh, Peter Falk eye a lot, I noticed. Yes. Like, yeah. you notice it more yeah, this in this one. Yeah,
1: that scene when he's holding yes. the glasses out.
2: Yeah. Which, which they don't usually highlight that too much. But this, because of the neck brace and the glasses, you can really, really tell, which I thought was odd that they actually
3: called it. Hmm. Wasn't, wasn't the glasses thing also him trying to pinpoint how far away she had to be? Uh, yes. You know, what you said over him? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it, it looks like he's he's using it to kind of you know because he can't really see very well, but it seems like he's actually trying to figure out wh- where in in the perspective was the person standing when when he could be when she could be seen.
2: But which reminds me of another thing. Um, so when you first see him, um, in the context of the murder investigation, she comes in, and he's laying in the exact place, exact uh, position where she had murdered the guy. And I think uh, the ep- the ep- last episode we talked about on the podcast, um, Try and Catch Me, which I think was the one just before this, same kind of deal, where the person who committed the murder comes in, and they're just opening up the vault, so the person who committed the murder is thinking like, oh god, the person I killed, I'm going to see them come out. It's like, no, no it's Columbo coming out. So it's putting Columbo in the position of the murdered person both times. Yeah, and the that's set- true. Yeah, which I thought was kind of interesting. I think it's the same director. Too. It is. Actually, yeah. Um, oh, James Frawley. James he directed Frawley. like three of the four or five episodes in this final 70s season, mm-hmm. which he didn't usually clump them together too much like that. I think he also did the uh, first three of, no, the, like three of the four 90s ones when it came back like 20 years later. So I'm not sure why this guy, oh, really? they thought, yeah, he did like uh, just those.
0: But, you know, that one you're talking about, Noel and I just watched that one, too. Oh, The Ruth Gordon one, right, Noel? Yeah, yeah. And and, uh, the striking thing that's different about this one, which is one of the things that makes it so wonderful, I really loved watching this, the elaborate locations in this one, as opposed to the Ruth Gordon one where they're just the mansion and a belly dance studio. That's basically <laughs> it. Right. Yes, yeah. Um, but here you've got this, you know, the incredible TV studio they go mm-hmm. to, and they've got the – then they go to the beach carnival thing. Oh, right to and the carousel, yes.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
0: amazing. You know, it's so big and expansive, just gives a camera a chance to roam around. I, You know, I hadn't seen one that was – had locations that elaborate in a long time,
2: and also cinematically. Yeah, the music in this one, I thought, was actually really good too. There's that recurring theme they use for her, especially. Uh, that sound. I don't know if it's based on a classical piece or what, but it, yeah, it was just like this really, really oh, that, nice piece. That of, uh, that fugue they kept playing. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and then
3: it's uh, it's, it's, it's very pretty, and then suddenly it'll take, it'll take a turn and become. A yes,
2: yes, and then they they kind of did this great thing um, during the murder. Uh, the screening of the the, uh, film about the assassin where the music from the film sort of became the back music to the episode until all of a sudden they just cut off the film in the screening room and then you realize, oh wait, no, that was the music from the film that had been playing the entire time, not the music for this story we're watching, which I thought was like a really interesting, weird way to do that.
3: Well, I mean, going back to the reason why this one uh, caught my attention you know, 20 years ago is because I'm a film guy, first and foremost, and I'm watching these shows, and I was really kind of struck by uh, how cinematic a lot of these 70s detective shows were. Especially this one. Yeah, yeah, and going back to the late 60s with Mannix, which I think kind of began to have that sort of more cinematic approach, and then you go on into Columbo and, and a lot of the other 70s detective shows. And then this one... You know, it's so expressionistic. You know, the the, the way they use the camera, the, the camera movement, the way they use the uh, the television monitors. Mm-hmm. That weird, oh, yeah. strange scene where Columbo just plays with the uh, the, the the audio. Track I don't get people. that.
2: That is so strange. That whole thing and it goes on for that so is, that's long. It's so tattic. weird. It's a very it's, it's a thing. But it's so weird that they threw that in. Like the but it does—it yeah. it does
0: pay off a little bit, right at the end, where she is trying to turn off the monitors, you know, at the at the carnival location, yeah. and and a lot the stuff that Colombo did before will overlay briefly over. You know, he won't get off the TV set, which I think is a really you know a, a really terrific use of those monitors and all those screens.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that was, was a terrifying sequence in its way too.
2: Yeah, no, it was very with the... Yeah. Um the fact they that you they...
1: got the Susan music playing and then the, everything's visually it looks like Videodrome and in The New Flesh.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yes, there we go. And the fact that yeah, the, these union guys all go off to like a dinner break and they leave the carousel <laughs> running at full speed with the music. And apparently even though it's supposed to be abandoned, the camera actually moves with Columbo a couple times as she's watching it to try <laughs> to right. so A couple of guys, they thought, oh, will stick around. Whatever. All right. We'll follow this weird little man. I don't know what he's yelling to the lady in the truck for, but all right.
0: And if you if you spin that carousel down, it takes an hour to get it started up again. You oh, that's run. it. Yes. <laughs> and she it was running.
2: concerned about the budget, so yeah. That'd be a waste of time, for sure. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I like the way she just axed two pages out of the script. Tore him out.
2: Yes. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> You won't miss him. Oh, okay. What about the story? Too bad. Yeah. Well, what, that what, what, what am, brings up on, something,
0: on. actually, that maybe this is at the end of the podcast, but to me, the theme of this episode is executives don't know what they're doing, and they trample all over creative types. Oh. Because, you know, it's like, um, you know, she's trying to do everybody's job, and there's that line in there about you won't bother anybody in the screening room. It's just a writer watching an old movie. Oh, uh, right?
2: God, that's that's a great point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think you know it's
0: just it's just about how huh. nobody cares about the creatives.
2: <laughs> right. No, that's a really really good point. I, I didn't even think about that line like that. But yeah, probably.
0: Oh.
1: Speaking of the uh, speaking of the of the, I, I film booth. What do you call those? The projection booth. Projection yeah. booth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't have the actor's name ahead in, in front of me or the character's name, but the the fellow who's actually running the uh, uh,
2: James a uh, war the- hero, by the way. Oh, he—he oh. he was like a meddled war hero from Korea. I, I salute him. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: well, I was just—I love that uh, during his downtime, he was making <laughs> a model ship. Yes. Uh, <laughs> in the background, which flashed me forward to one of my favorite little character moments from The Wire, which was Lester Freeman used to make miniature furniture uh, yeah, during right. downtime at the at the police station, and I'm kind of wondering if there was any. If David Simon was a big Columbo fan, or <laughs> probably. <laughs> At least we want to go back, watch it again, and see if I can find more Columbo-related wire elements. Well, I, mean, that, I, mean, <laughs> I loved
0: uh, that they gave the guy a hobby. That was so mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's it, bored it, watching it,
3: that it, crap it has a point, I mean obviously the reason he does the reason that he has the hobby is so that there's a reason for him to have the gloves, right? Um, which he then tosses aside, but the fact that it has to be him making a ship, I mean that's the part that makes it you know, kind of quirky <laughs> and interesting, it could have been anything and it was a ship
1: no, He no, has that great commentary too where he says, that's not art, you want to see art?
3: Yes, I mean, he shows you but
1: it's essentially craftsmanship but,
2: <laughs> but then also at uh, one point, one thing I didn't like about Columbo in this um, he kind of screws the poor guy over Because he messes up that uh, film changer one time. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And so somebody's like, what's going on? What's going on up there? And Columbus goes like, sorry, oops. I messed (laughs) up and that's it. It's like, well, no, that's a bad – that's not a good thing. You made the guy look bad at his job, the one thing he
3: does. Yeah, he should have apologized for it. I'll I'll, I'll give you that. But I did enjoy – I mean one of my favorite kind of things throughout the entire run of Columbo is that when he's on these cases – he learns things. Yes, that yes. are completely unrelated to the. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes they're kind of related, like the Q dots are related, but still. Right. He learns about the business. So, you know, he learns about, uh, mm. you know, uh, how to cook, or he learns. I mean, he learns all kinds of interesting things. But this I think was also here, he, transparent oops,
1: use of a nephew ever. When he I'm, said, "My nephew he's getting an oh yes, yeah," lie right, to him yeah.
2: about the nephew just to take Clearly the gloves. So, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I think Columbo actually learned about Q dots already in the. Uh, oh, the the one with um. Yeah. Uh the subliminal messages double oh, exposure. Right, yeah. Yes, yes. So I think they actually, they had like a similar class in the whole process in that one also. So, but in case you missed that one seasons before, audience, you get to have 20 minutes of learning exactly how this works in this one as well. Yes.
0: Well, speaking of that, I, RJ you said I think uh a bit before that she's real sloppy. With the murder. Oh, gosh. And She's almost I undone. Details. I mean, I, I, yeah. to me, that whole thing she does with the recording and walk, that's such an awesome oh. sequence. That's one of the best murder it's sequences it's in the whole run of the show. And her, her setup, her
2: practice for it, there's a great, uh, talking about the cinematic aspects, uh, where you actually just have that long zoom in when she's getting ready for it to the Mm -hmm. tape recorder on the table and it's all one shot zooming in like okay while you're watching this and then the camera slowly goes up to see her just all sort of very compressed on that spiral staircase just listening to it and listening to it and looking so intense and strange but then it turns out her whole plan is almost undone by an old man security guard <laughs> yeah. stopping to look at a playboy. Like a creepy
1: perv who has right. work security there.
2: Why uh, do they have playboys? Um, I, that's one thing I her too. what it? Oh, it's pen. playpen. Yes. <laughs> Which I think was also the version of the Simpsons. Also, but yes, it's. Yeah, I don't. I what? Well, yeah, there's that. That's a great question. Like, it's not a barber. It's not like a South Philly barber shop, right? <laughs> It's it's a tv network a tv network a by the way it's a major tv network and it's they've a, got well, a, i'll
3: tell you what i'm, I'm going to give you a reason it's yes. thematic. It, it's thematically significant because one of the whole uh, sort of running threads throughout this show is how awful entertainment has gotten. Oh,
2: I mean, I these
3: days is too violent. It's too people that's are blowing their heads true. off on TV. There we and, go. And 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 there's just rampant smut even on tables and, and living that's and right. <laughs> and
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> why we need to bring back Valerie, the MGM star. From oh my God, so way, she way su- back when? That's real entertainment. Was she supposed Live. to
2: be a um, uh, Judy Garland analog somehow? Yeah. I'm guessing. That's that's what
0: I wrote down. Judy Garland. You okay,
2: know? that's what I thought. I mean, she's like way too young for that. But it seemed yeah. like that's what they were going for there.
1: I put down Liza. Was Liza too too young at this time?
0: I don't. Well, they literally say she was an MGM star. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So I think she just. Yeah, I think so. Was supposed to be older, but they didn't cast an older actor. Yeah.
1: I'll take Lainey Kazan. I'm fine with that. Yeah, sure.
2: Yeah. Big Barda. Yeah. She's off. Awesome. <laughs> there you go. Hey, thank you, nerds, for laughing. All right, totally <laughs> but,
0: but, but, but what else is what else is wrong with <clears throat> with her murder, RJ? Well, it's just it's
2: it's kind of to me poorly thought out. In that Columbo even points it out to her uh, when he first meets her, like, well, you know, it's this building that has high security that has a very limited number of people in it at that time of night, yeah. who would it be? Who else would it be except for the five people who were in the building? It's got to be one of those folks.
0: Yeah, so she didn't think out an alternate theory of the crime, is no, what well, you're saying. Well, she yeah. did.
2: Well, she kind of did. She did the, uh, the classic Columbo um, murder or mistake of, well, here's how I think it might have happened with the crank <laughs> letters. It's like,
0: no, that never works. And but he shoots it down right away. There's very little of that compared to other Columbos. I mean, she really sure. doesn't do a whole lot of murder explanation.
2: It, it's like, uh, it, uh, I watched this uh, with, with my wife, and she brought the fact that she's just very, she's kind of an arrogant person who assumes she's just going to be good at whatever she tries doing without actually mm. working yeah. at it. And she, it. Exactly carries, the point, yeah. that carries the murder, too. She figures, like, oh, this is going to be perfect. It's, it's like, I think there was, a, wasn't there some Bart Simpson thing where he was. Trying to like I have fly an airplane drive a car and he's like, ah, I just assumed I could. Yeah, I can think of cute. I can
1: I can think of three things she actually overlooked with the murder that seemed kind of big to me. Okay. Yeah. Right. So uh, the, the the one that stood out to me was I don't know what the end game was with hiding the gun in the top of the elevator.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, she yes. never thought about retrieving it for leave sure. Leave it right.
2: leave it there forever.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Just no one will ever find the gun except the, the people who maintain elevators once a year. <laughs> yeah, uh, but there's also, and this one I can see her overlooking that she's having dry cleaning delivered to the dead man's house. Right. But she knew an expensive car. Yeah, with the car her was name. On oh, that.
2: that thing was just yeah. That is yeah, a
1: I, huge clue.
2: Oh my god! With her name on the license plate, and it's delivered right. to the office while Colombo's in the vicinity. Like, oh well, <laughs> I guess that's but not you- good.
0: But you gotta love that that one two punch of the gun silhouette in the elevator and the car appearing in the parking lot. It's like the telltale heart. It's just yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, actually, that that was like kind of a weird chance for Columbo to take, and I thought that was a little weird and sloppy on his part also, where he just kind of assumed, oh, she's gonna look up in the elevator. I never look up in an elevator. Right. I look forward. I look at the other people. I try not. But she he the whole thing was predicated on her. Looking up and seeing the shadow of this false gun,
0: but it's like the psychology thing where the you know she can't help but look up because she knows it's up there. Oh, okay,
2: yeah. I guess. Okay, I'm also wondering because Columbo
1: spent that entire ride talking to her but looking down, like he did not. He never sort of intimated looking upward, which is what I thought you would do to make somebody else look up. Just kind of glance so, up once in a while. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna try this next time on the elevator. I'm gonna talk to folks and I'm gonna look at the floor the whole time. <laughs> I'm just gonna see if they look up
2: ever. <laughs> well, I don't like the way this guy looks at the floor. I'm gonna do the opposite of what <laughs> he's doing. Oh, look at these lights.
1: <laughs> and then I'll put a gun up there and we'll see what happens.
2: Oh, oh, and uh, um, you mentioned the uh, delivery of the uh, dry cleaning. It was such a happy surprise to see uh, what's his name, the guy <laughs> who played Paul on Paul Wilson yeah. from Cheers. And it's Gary shambling's show and uh, Larry Sanders show. He was like a young Paul just uh, delivering the dry cleaning, which I'm I not didn't speaking. notice that at all. Yeah, that's
1: speaking him. Speaking of cameos, though, tell me, tell me about the one I missed because I didn't, I didn't know about the big famous one.
0: I, what you didn't I, notice? I, I'm dubious about I, this
3: one. I I doubt this one too, actually.
2: What you doubt it? No, yes, that's I him. Doubt it. That is George C. Scott because he was actually married to um, yeah, Trish Vanderveer you know at the time. Yeah, and yeah, no, that's him. Because at first, I'm like, oh, it doesn't look like him, but when he talks. That's him. It's a where, where
3: was he? What's he was a
0: He's the, the technical voice, director. But...
3: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I turned it on after it was over because I had read online that you know that George C. Scott does a cameo appearance, and all I see I, that is actually I, I think IMDb has it as George C. Scott uncredited, and Wikipedia has it I think as well, but I don't think it's ever confirmed anywhere. And to me, looking at him, he didn't look to me.
2: Uh, he doesn't look like him entirely because he's got the glasses, but once you hear the voice and you look at him again, it's like, oh no, that, that is, that's Mr. George C. Scott. Yeah. Uh, John, he's the technical director of the TV studio who's showing, uh, Columbo about how to use a switcher or a chest. Yeah, that's him huh maybe so not maybe not <laughs> I think it's him I'm pretty I'm gonna, sure I'm gonna
1: go check it out again because I, I watched that I watched that episode twice in a weekend and I didn't notice I have their time
2: oh God, I was looking for him as that character so that's why I thought like oh okay well there he is oh okay there's that dude or maybe not I don't know speaking I of which, him, yeah. Kind of. we do
3: have uh, Bruce Kirby uh, Bruno yes that's yes.
2: weird that message that, that's it's very strange <laughs> the Columboverse suffered a real retcon at oh it moment. did it was insane <laughs> That makes no uh, sense. Yeah, Bruce
1: Kirby, of course, has previously been Columbo's sergeant. Yeah, Sergeant Kramer. Yeah, yeah, Sergeant Kramer in so many episodes, and now he's just a guy who owns a uh, a TV repair shop. Even though there's a sergeant in this episode, right? <laughs> that they clearly could have used him for.
0: Yeah, it's it's his second act. TV See, repair.
1: The the arc that every cop hopes for.
2: <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, like, I, I that's why I li- I like to think that maybe it is still Sergeant Kramer. He left the force. And they're like, oh, good, I'm fine with that idiot Columbo that I hate. Because every single time he's on Columbo, he has nothing but contempt for him. And uh, I think, I think uh, Columbo finds out, what's Kramer doing these days? Oh, well, uh, my TV's busted. I'll take it to a shop. That'll be nice. I'll get to see him again. And he shows up, and Kramer's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Because that entire scene, he plays it the exact same way, just being very annoyed at him and the dog and everything else. Yeah.
0: But, you know, that's the one um, moment where Columbo gets this huge break. He doesn't, you know, he just happens to see the exact moment Yes, that the guy was talking about. That's a
2: very weird, lucky thing.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not too uncommon for Colombo for him to find a kind of stumble across something like that to pull it together. But, but I will say, I mean, you, you talked earlier about how you think he knew from the beginning that it was her. And yet, you know, the one thing that kind of he needs to make the case is the motive. And do you think he knew all along that they were having an affair?
2: No, I don't think he knew about the affair. I think that he needed to find out about that to make the connection and to kind of like uh, make his uh, suspicions real. And I think the the jacket did that. Right. You know, to be Um, be honest. But at that point, he was looking for some sort of inroad. But I think from kind of towards beginning the start, I think he kind of suspected it might have been her because It had to be. Yeah, one of the handful of people who were in that building that night. And everybody else checked out. So,
0: You know, that jacket is so not her style. <laughs> yeah, that's good. interesting. Right. All she, all she wears the yeah. whole episode is wrap dresses. She wears wrap dresses and wrap skirts. She's yeah. constantly wrapping things around her. That's and right. And there's a boxy double-breasted blazer. That.
1: It, it looks like something Ted Knight would wear. <laughs> yes,
3: that's, it that's, does. That's, that's, that's the person <laughs> she wants to be. That's the person she imagines herself. She, right. Right. she wants to be you know. Ted Knight's character
0: from Caddyshack. Yes, I like that, Noel. I really do. I think that's her executive out, outfit.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. right. That could be it. Yes, probably. I is. think
1: Columbo didn't didn't actually nail her right at the beginning of the episode. Really? I I think he hmm. suspected her, but he has that line about no, I don't think people murder over jobs. Yeah. And he had no clue up to that point that they had a a relationship. I think he suspected her strongly, but he needed the confirmation that they had a relationship. That's why when he confronts her later that night after seeing the the dry cleaning, he's smug in a way I've never seen Columbo be smug. Oh. You know, he's real. He really dangles. He's a little mean about it. That's rare to see Columbo like that. Mm -hmm. I think that's because he's, he just had it in his head, like, she's got to be the murderer. I just can't figure out why. He sees the dress or sees the jacket and goes, that's it. And then well, I think,
0: I I completely agree, but I, I think he knows from the beginning that he's going to find out she had an affair with him. He just needs the evidence because mm. the, one of the first things she tells him is how attractive he is, and it's very clear that this is how she has gotten where she is, not just by flirting and being being sexy, but that's a part of it. That That's one weapon in her arsenal that she always pulls out. And he, she chose that from the very beginning.
2: And, and yeah, also, she's heavily armed. And, and so, uh, uh, John, that would also yeah. fit into uh, what's a long held Colombo theory of yours?
1: Man, RJ, uh, the sexy dad. Theory. Yeah, there RJ, you go. Yeah. RJ <laughs> is quite a sexy dad.
2: Yeah, RJ is. But no, no, Colombo is. You're <laughs> saying, no, no. <laughs> Yeah. Colombo
1: wasn't really using his sexy dad qualities. Though. Yeah, sure. He not was, even when he was
2: shirtless in his boxer shorts with a cigar.
1: <laughs> yeah, with a, with, with, a, with, a giant, with a giant Russian
2: yanking. Which that guy, that guy? That guy? I looked. I looked that guy up. He's a guy named um, H.B. Haggerty. Uh, he played for the Lions, the Packers. who's a wrestler. <laughs> The HB stood for hard-boiled. <laughs> <laughs> so his name is hard-boiled Haggerty, <laughs> which I love. I
1: like, uh, I like a two-minute Haggerty myself. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: um, but no, she, yeah, she really does... She uses so much of her personality as a weapon. I found her... She's a fascinating character to watch. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's not just about sexuality and about attraction, but she uses. I mean, she uses physical domination in a way that that's somewhat masculine, but also I don't think men would have as much success with. I think certainly a man walking around giving neck massages to his underlings would, might actually suffer more (laughs) than succeed. Um,
0: and then she may not know, she may not be executive material, you know, because of whatever flaws she has, but, She, you know, she made a bad decision to start with with Valerie, but she gets her back on the on task. It's clear that she's actually good at managing putting out fires. Right. She's good Mm -hmm. at putting out fires. That's her. That's you know, and she says that at one point, that's her job. Right. Um, She aspires to get past that, but she can't.
1: I think that's, well, that was the mistake of putting the professional on, is that she didn't think of it as the company's investment or a big plan about it or the, what they could have done if they had the time to run in. She just thought, this will put out a fire.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: And that's why it, it was sort of wasted. <clears throat> Speaking of Valerie, this is one of the things I love about the, the later season episodes is that the characters have, the incidental characters have great backstory and there's a lot to imply about it. What is the story with with Valerie? What's her connection to Kay? Are I they just friends? They grow up together. I
2: don't know because I I, I get the impression she's um did, yeah did the N G M stuff, but then maybe she has some sort of the Broadway stage background too. Like I don't know. It's hmm. it's very odd. Yeah,
3: Well, we we don't really know what uh, Kay's background is, do we? We, we, just, I mean, did you, oh, just poor as heck, yeah.
2: yeah. poor as heck. Growing up in Los Angeles, and that's pretty much it. And then getting into the TV industry somehow. Yeah. So some I mean, it's,
3: I mean, it could be that it could be that she came up through, you know, uh, studio being, system. Studio system and had worked as an assistant somewhere along the line and became friends. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's it's curious. I I'd, I'd be curious to, know, to to know what what the, what the actresses thought. You know, their, their connection was.
2: Let's find him on Twitter. We've done okay. it. Okay. Hey, <laughs> Kazan L Kazan three fifty six. I can't believe there are three hundred for her. Yeah, no, no, there's a lot of uh, El Kazans, Larry Kazan. Really popular last name. Yes. So that's the other question.
1: Uh, the David Letterman-looking motherfucker uh, who she murdered.
2: Oh, uh, oh uh, Lawrence
3: Luckenbill. Lawrence Luckinbill. Which? Lawrence the only yeah. other
2: thing I think of him was being Spock's brother in that crummy Star Trek movie. <laughs> like, when I saw it, I was like, oh, it's him. Oh, that's the only other thing I know him from. He's been in lots of the other stuff. He's, but, uh, I, 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 I thought from, he was okay.
3: I, I know him from the Boys in the Band, uh, the, the mm-hmm. movie, which I've, I've seen several times. He's really good in that.
2: And also, he's been married to uh, Lucy Arnaz for like forty years or something like that too. Wow. Well, that's how, they, they did some movie. That. They did some movie in the early eighties. Got married from it, and yeah, they've been uh, married the whole time, pretty much. So, well, good for him. Yeah, good for everybody. <laughs>
3: <laughs> getting getting but, back uh, to Yeah, uh, sorry. Back to uh, to Kay's inadequacies. I mean, as. Uh, as as possibly implausible as that elevator sequence is with Colombo, you know it does it does I think set up that really great sequence where she goes back in and tries to get mm. uh, uses, uses her TV aerial, which by the way is a great touch. Yes, uh, very to, much so. To, to to get the gun uh, and can't quite reach it, which I think uh, you know defines her character about as well as anything else in the entire show. In addition to being extraordinarily tense as a scene. Oh my God! It was we, yeah. Here's one more thing that she's just not quite good enough, just out of reach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, oh, and what's great
0: what's great about the way she plays that whole thing? I mean, I think she's just a great lead character for Columbo because she's got this bloodless quality when she's doing her job, when she's talking, when she's you know working with Columbo. And then in those few moments, again with the Telltale Heart stuff, she cracks and she's got this desperation and she's going, uh, uh she's trying to get it, and and just the 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 crack in her facade is is really suspenseful to watch just at a character level. Well, I mean, she, also, runs, oh.
1: she runs through a really great array of responses from that scene onward because she's she's panicked and frantic in the elevator. When she comes out, she's confronted by the car and she just denies it mm-hmm. hurriedly, goes down to rushes off to the circus set and that's an excuse really just to get out of the building and go do something right and then she's confronted by her boss who she fires her. really who yeah. fires her but she's really lordly and she's very she's very arrogant and defiant about it and then she dashes off to just basically hide and then when Columbo does catch up to her she's she never sounds more vulnerable no, at any point in the episode. Then at the moment she's just m- kind of muttering, I, "We're fine. We're busy. There's a lot. We don't have time. Yeah. I'm busy." Right. <laughs> she her loses her composure because, and it's obvious that I think in her mind, if she just had 15 minutes without yeah. a disaster, <laughs> she could pull this out.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing I think is interesting too—that whole scene at the end when. Um, uh, the weird switching between the different camera sources when he's there, just kind of like uh, going after her and going after, her. and she finally just turns the entire system off. The first thing she does is uh, leans back with a script, with mm-hmm. a TV script, like yeah. just <laughs> retreating into the job. It's like, well, no, he's still out there. He's a cop. He's still gonna <laughs> be coming. But she's like, no, I turn him off. I turn him off the television sets. I'm safe. I'm gonna go back to work. I'm gonna go back to looking through the script, and that'll be the entire thing. It's fixed. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting that that was her way to retreat.
1: Yeah, she opens the door and she's almost surprised that he's out there.
2: Yeah, because like he's not like he's just going to go home. Right.
3: Well, I mean yeah. that's, that's always that's always one of the great moments in every Colombo when the killer realizes that they can no longer use whatever power they have as a suspect who's not under arrest. You know, they they, they always have that moment where they, they think they can just tell Columbo to go away because he not you know he doesn't have them. He's, he's not nailed him yet. So, so they're very busy people. You know, just tell them to leave, and and they they can do that for about an hour, hour yes. fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then there's that moment where he has to say, "I'm sorry, ma'am, I, I can't do I can't do that." <laughs> you know, there are people yeah. out here want to take you
2: away. <laughs> <clears throat> um, one thing I liked about that too, like uh, the the very end of the episode where they're leaving, and she was like, "Are oh, you the one to take me in?" Yeah, sure. Um, and they're about to leave. And he's like, oh, should I turn this off? You know, the TV equipment's like, what's the matter? He's like, well, the power shortage. Which, like, okay, <laughs> right. there's your ni- there, there's your reference to late 1970s stuff there. That's nice. I thought that was a nice little get weird last joke. I think it's the last line of the episode, which is strange. Yeah, yeah. you know, I
1: was taking it as a, as Colum- that proof of Columbo's mind working on multiple levels at once. But you're right, it
3: probably was just a contemporary nod.
2: Yeah. Which yeah. you don't always have those in the series, which I thought no. was... yeah.
3: Yeah, I think, I think that combined with the uh, the, this, the the tel- the tele the television standards declining, uh, and oh, the, uh, yeah. and the weird reputation St Francis Ford you know, it's mm-hmm. all very. Oh, that's right. The Coppola. I
2: forgot the Coppola <laughs> reference. Yes. When they're talking about
1: standards declining and they're showing the professional as an example of this. And it is a movie where there's a man holding a Scorpion 9mm uh, automatic <laughs> weapon to his face. Yes. Which is <laughs> underlined rather large. But um, this was also when NBC was no longer interested in investing the money in Columbo. Mm hmm. And they were basically shutting down the NBC Sunday Night Movie. I think actually, they had already shut it down, and Columbo was just a five times a year thing. So I'm I'm wondering if uh, CNC is that the name of the the station? There? Yeah,
2: which I still cannot figure out what those letters were supposed to stand for. For they said movie. it once. No, they didn't. They never said. What Are you the sure? Actual, I swear they said it. They once. They never said what it stood for. They said CNC but, lots of uh, times, but they never said what it stood for, and I can't it's an, figure it's out what it out. It's the Music be. Factory, RJ. It's, it's, oh, it's, sorry.
0: That's it stands it. for uh, computer numerical control, as, as Nolan and I know. <laughs> oh, sure. What? Thank
2: you for clearing that up. Okay. Sure. Yeah, it's a long <laughs> story. Uh, <laughs>
1: but um, uh, I was wondering if this, were, how, how directly a satire or directly a, a pointed political sentiment was this about the state of NBC?
3: Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, the, uh, huh. The, the choice of having it be violence is weird because there was kind of a big outcry about three or four years earlier about the level of violence in shows like Starsky and Hutch and Loretta. Mm-hmm. But by 1977, that's when this has been aired, right? Yes.
0: 78.
3: Um, I mean, by this time, really the question was more about you know, the jiggle shows. It was more about right. kind of the rise of Smut and, and Charlie's Angels and shows like that. It was much less violence and more kind of escapism. So and the sex. weird,
2: Yeah, like the the weird Fred Silverman junk he was in over an abc and all that jazz
3: yeah, yeah, yeah so that would have been a bet. if they're going to satirize or, or, or make a commentary on the state of the network television it might have been you know better to have you know the valerie show have a lot of scantily clad dancers or something like that
2: well well maybe maybe the uh the the uh, colombo just boxer shorts was an answer to that <laughs> <laughs> the the whole sex appeal going for the uh sexy dad demographic
1: there's yeah. nothing that says, by the way, 1970s seven, 1970 entertainment to me like a USO number.
2: Oh, yeah, that's what is that's...
1: that is? Which is the only thing they were practicing on the Valerie show. Like,
2: I, I'm not entirely sure. Like, uh, what state um, variety shows were on television? Oh, it they... seems like they were kind of almost on their way out. It Seems like a more early mid 70s thing. Yeah, than late 70s. I think I can. But find then also, yeah, to do like sure. some sort of. USO bit on them it seems a little uh, no, that's, actually,
3: that's actually fairly common the, the, the oh, variety really? show with the, uh, the salute to old fashioned Vaudeville salute to oh, old entertainment yeah. oh, that, was a, that was a staple of
2: those shows <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, one thing. Uh, speaking of the, the show and the production of the show within the show uh, the oddness of the uh, scene where she brings Valerie back and it comes in and uh, it's such a weird smarmy show busy scene uh, where Lenny comes, in, comes, in, comes in, like, here I am. I'm ready to work, boss. And my lighting's great. Anything else you want me to do? Oh, try walking on the way. It, it just, uh, just it's just weird and creepy and yeah. very showbizy. It's have like a black
3: and white film, kind of. Ugh, of it
2: was very strange to me. I, I was, I I'm just not a fan of that.
3: But, plus, you had Ron Rifkin, who's always creepy. I know, Sloan.
2: Right. <laughs> oh my God, he's gonna have some sort of evil plot to destroy something. The <laughs> doppelganger, Joel Silver. <laughs> no, Joel Gray. Sorry, Joel Gray. Yeah, Joel Gray. I had Joel Silver in my head from something else, but yeah, that was yeah. So that was a strange scene. Um, look at my notes. Something else. Um, well,
1: we've got a. There's a great line that I loved. That was early on where uh, Kay is standing at her big new desk. <laughs> yes. And Columbo has that line about you could run the world from a desk like that, and she says the the world doesn't matter, only the West Coast. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was pretty good. Yes. I, I, I can't. I, yeah. I can't figure out what that yeah. desk does. <laughs>
0: There's only yeah. this one TV in the room. Right, there's one TV. What is but it controlling? There's like
2: a, I think it. I think there was a tape recorder in there, a couple of, uh, or as Columbo puts it, television tape decks. Yes. <laughs> but I think that was it, and the phone built in, but it was a really weird elaborate desk to not have much else going on in that place. Yeah, you expect it to be, uh, you had a switch, and some model of a city would come up to where missiles were going <laughs> to be uh, hitting them or something like that.
0: Well, my favorite my favorite line was, uh "That's ah, better than a gallstone." You ever yes. Gallstone.
2: <laughs> yes. Oh god, that was great.
0: <laughs> it was that, Yeah, it's that whole
2: undermining. Like, oh, don't mind me. I'm very non threatening. I'm I'm a little man with a neck brace and I had gallstones. Yeah. That's so right. don't yeah, worry, I'm not going happy.
0: Ac- acupuncture needles in noses. Yeah, I, I
2: thought it was odd that Delta, that uh, Colombo apparently has a chiropractor he goes to.
0: Which and I again. was. Yeah. He's
1: talked in the past about Mrs. Columbo having one.
2: Oh, okay. Well actually so uh, there's that true. there was that whole no, they were like speaking of the padding. Uh the the, the uh, sergeant who is in this one, I can't remember Sergeant Burke. Uh mm-hmm. that guy, I think he was a sergeant in um uh Catch Me If You Can or Try and Catch Me. Um, there's that kind of to me it seemed a bit long where Columbo's talking about the acupuncturist on the nose <laughs> and everything. But, I mean, the fact that they're just talking in a hallway, but there are yep. multiple setups, there are close-ups, there are cutaways. So they had to, like, spend a they, lot of time shooting just these two guys talking about this, and Sergeant Burke being very confused at him. It was just, I'm not sure why they spent so much on just that weird exchange.
3: That was a very gotta, peculiar gotta, one. Got to two hours. Yeah,
2: well, that's they, true.
0: they built that hallway set, and they're going to use the hell out of it.
2: Yeah, the hallway set, that network, uh, that, that network who, for the headquarters, mostly just to put their logo up in the hallway over and over again as their main yeah. decorations.
0: There wasn't much evidence that they had other shows.
2: On Seinfeld, even, they go to NBC, you see like the photos of uh, Cheers and the other, Quantum Leap and the other shows. This one, I know they couldn't do that, because then they have to make up a whole bunch of fake shows. It would yeah. cost money to do it, but it was still strange. There's no evidence of any other television being made
1: at
0: this They had got all their eggs in that professional basket. That's right. That's the only thing they're doing.
2: Uh, it was it's a pilot.
0: A the, it's pilot. the
1: earliest thematic cable TV channel. It's just <laughs> musical numbers and murder shows. That was
2: a problem. It was a pilot for a big series, uh, but the guy kills himself at the end of it, so that uh, kind of kills you on the series. Yeah. The rest of the series is going to be a flashback before the pilot episode when he killed himself want- in a hotel room. I kind of want to see the professional. I, yeah, I, I'm curious like how much they did shoot of it. Like how well, many uh, other scenes we saw? Apparently, apparently,
1: the uh, sweaty hotel room and him lying down.
3: Oh, or being in an alley too, yeah, seeing a
1: hand. A sweaty alley.
3: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess it's uh, sort of similar to having that you know huge carousel beachfront set, which they use for just five ten minutes of the show. I mean, yes, they have, they, why? They also- also did all of the shooting in the hotel room for that uh, professional sequence. And, and there's an alley, too, I guess, in that movie as well.
2: I mean, I, th- I think I think uh, just uh, amongst the four of us here, we can probably diagnose what's really wrong with that television network. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but They're they do put a out a good
1: that. spread.
2: <laughs> they do. The sandwiches. <laughs> they do. The sandwiches. Well, actually, there's some like weird kind of like... Um, overdubbing work in that scene with the executives, there's one guy, it sounds so much like that was recorded in a recording booth months later, because it's so loud, the one guy just complaining about only eating sandwiches as a television executive. He goes on and on about it. Well, I became but an executive, yes. He just complains about getting sandwiches, getting free food. It's like, you're okay, pal.
0: The whole first uh, ten minutes before Columbo shows up is all ADR. I don't oh, think there's yeah. Any,
2: there's so much you know. of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's... They weren't uh, too subtle with that. The least. they got
0: to get that exposition out. It's got to be clear.
2: Yes. Or they said really, really lousy uh, Mike guys on set, <laughs> pretty much.
1: I wanted to go back to the one of the very first scenes and talk about... Um, Mark, was that the character's name? The murdered character? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to talk about Mark and Kay's <laughs> relationship and wondering if it was at all genuine.
0: Yeah, it's a good question. Not, Not I, just I, her and him, but... Yeah, that reveal that they do in that in the opening, where you know she they show just her legs. She's got this, you know, the shirt on, and if you don't know it's her until they finally pan that show be? her face. it going to be? What a right?
2: shock! Sorry. Yeah, who's it going to be? What a shock! Oh, it's the only I, female character. Well,
0: yeah, I know exactly. It's just like it's 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 strangely coy, mm. and I think that it's. Um, you know i think it's a a, an indicator of how non-genuine any kind of relationship like this is is bound to be um but then he he is a a super extra heel by buying her a fancy car um that's the worst part really bad yeah
3: i I think I, I I, i read somebody online who pointed out that uh you know, this was like a like a Sunday, a Sunday morning that they were lounging around in bed. Yeah, and he and he he he, he must have gotten the news about his new job on Friday.
2: Oh, right. Uh, oh, yeah. they, they spent the
3: entire weekend together before he finally told her they, told her the news. <laughs> oh, right.
2: Um, but then also like that, yeah, that whole scene too. Um, I have no idea why he smashes the Bloody Mary glass, the car keys, and it as opposed to just. Taking the keys out of the glass. <laughs> except over dramatic. Except to just leave a shard of glass for Columbo to find an hour later in the episode in his apartment. That's the he only also, like, possible reason I think that, that he did that.
1: How often do you think he asks her to murder him? Because he just <laughs> he went to that like It's that. so casual. Here I got a gun. Make me a perfect murder, babe. It's, yeah, oh, I hope he asks. I hope that's his term for everything. It's like you want uh, you want a casserole tonight. Yeah, make me a perfect casserole, babe. <laughs> I hope that's everything. But like, literally, they had just started arguing. They had been arguing for maybe thirty seconds, and he and immediately he goes to, to kill, to, kill well, me. Fucking kill me. Yes.
2: <laughs> I can is, only.
1: That's really elevating the the risk.
2: I can only hope that as he was lying there on the couch in his office, the uh, glasses on his head, the script on his chest, and he sees her pull the gun out and level at him. Uh, that his last thoughts were, oh, oh, I shouldn't have said that yesterday. <laughs>
0: I should have asked for something better.
2: I, 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 should, I should have made a different wish.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> y'all, y'all were you know, talking about what her backstory is and the fact that she is his executive assistant, they say, at one point, right? Well, she was weird with her job. It doesn't fit because she does a lot it, yeah. more production hands-on <laughs> stuff. But the terminology indicates maybe so but it, to me it almost indicated that she actually started out in the secretarial pool um, at this network and uh, has okay. kind of worked her way up to where she is allowed to do these projects but that essentially he still sees her as a glorified secretary
2: yeah oh maybe so it doesn't take you seriously and yeah it could be yeah.
3: but I know I, I, I think actually that you know uh, the term executive assistant at meeting secretary is not in use in 1978. I think he actually, I think she literally is like an assistant executive. Oh, okay. What we think of as executive assistant.
0: It's a uh, yellow, green, green, yellow problem. Yeah,
3: exactly.
1: <laughs> I just saw that. I, what always sticks out in, in my memory when I watched the episodes repeatedly is her, her rejiggering her expectations after he tells her that he's gotten the, the East coast Mm -hmm. because she starts off with we did it we did it we Mm -hmm. did it Mm -hmm. and he says you're gonna stay here and she she's blunted for a second before she goes i'm getting your job yes Mm -hmm. yeah yeah like she's working out angles that she is absolutely insisting that he uh, becomes subservient to and he just wants to give her a car and get out of the house
3: yeah yeah Yeah. and and his line there is great too (laughs) can't give you the west coast babe Yes. (laughs)
0: Yes. <laughs> oh,
1: it's so
3: yes. gross. <laughs> the babe, the
1: babe killed it. <laughs> uh, I do want him dead. I did want him dead.
0: Yeah, uh. but also <laughs> uh, that, that same, you know, kind of lack of forethought that you guys were talking about when she kind of assumes that she can just uh, finagle this interim taking over his his job into something yeah. permanent. You know, I mean, she doesn't. There's no indication that anybody else has that in mind but her, but she's just hoping nobody brings it up and she can stay in the office or something, you know? Right!
2: Which seems like that's a... I don't know if that's the arrogance or that's naivete or what because they're going to notice and that even like the guy who runs the network was thinking like, that's a little morbid. It's mm-hmm. been so yeah. soon. Like That's one of the very specific things he calls her on in the limo when mm-hmm. he's firing her. Bad,
3: bad taste, he calls it. Yes, mm-hmm.
2: yes, bad taste. Um, along with him getting oddly angry... Uh, the first time you see that at all, that character in the episode, at her assuming that she didn't, that he didn't like the professionals. Like, don't ever assume what I like. Like, whoa. <laughs> Which I thought that was an interesting, like, out of nowhere. That out that's, of nowhere. that's a pet peeve, apparently. And they went off to the it,
1: party with Carl. I wish at that point he brought a gun out and Like, like, yeah, you think I didn't like the professional? Here, kill me.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> every guy in the station just brings out a gun every time. And asks people to kill them. Uh, there's a weird thing. Uh, we haven't talked about this. This is just a weird note I made. I have this uh, CNC being the fake network at all. I'm thinking maybe uh, Ward Fowler's show, Inspector Lucerne, that was probably a CNC sh- epi- series for them. Very popular hit years before. I bet all
1: the cooking shows were too. I bet like that's the- right.
2: All the cooking shows.
3: And uh, there you go with uh, the, the murderers,
2: art history show. That's right. That was also on there. Basically,
3: Columbo has been systematically decimating this, this, network. <laughs> <laughs> this network. Yes, <laughs> reading the, them the Vol- water of Place stars.
2: Yeah. <laughs> actually, that'd be like, actually it'd be great if this was like the one network that all the Columbo fake TV shows were on, <laughs> and he's just been going through. They don't realize. Hey, wait a minute. Why? Why are all the people on our TV shows
1: killers? They must have had an executive meeting at some point when they were planning Valerie's show. Going, I guarantee you, someone's going to murder somebody on the Valerie show. Yes, and then it turns out to be somebody else. who's like, I can't believe the Valerie show. Nobody died. Yeah,
2: uh, it's like having an umbrella exhibit in Gotham City. Don't do that. <laughs> it's not going to work out. Um. So, oh, overall, like, well, actually, uh, you, you folks go first, uh, Donna Noel. Uh, obviously you like this episode uh, What do you like about it and how, how would you rate it For all the Columbo's you've seen Which, uh, Whichever one of you folks wants to go first
3: I'll go first. I mean, it, it, like, like I said, it was one of the first ones I really fell in love with and I I still really enjoy it. I mean, I understand uh, everything you you point out about the the logical lapses and about the, you know, the the characters' uh, weaknesses. Um, but I just, you know, I'm I'm in love with the stylishness of it. And uh, one one note I did want to make, uh, you know, I actually interviewed Peter Falk. Um, I guess it was about 10 or so years ago. We talked oh, about Columbo. Yeah, I mean, so we talked about Columbo and he talked about the sort of fiddly bits of business that he does as the character and how that was kind of his invention, the idea that he would reach into his pocket and pull different things out until, until he found the thing he was looking for. Well, in this episode,
2: Oh, he does it all a- the time. Yeah.
3: It's, a- it's actually relevant because yes. he actually, he, he, there's the one piece of paper he can't find until like, you know, the second or third act, he finally finds the paper he's looking for. <laughs> right. He just can't find it at all. So, I mean, I, I like the way that it kind of uses a lot of what Columbo does very well in terms of relationships between, the killers and and Colombo and, and in terms of the kind of behavior he does, uh, all of those things and the little you know asides about the different uh, places and people that he meets uh, and the the worlds they live in and how he learns about them. To me, it, it brings all that together about as well as any of the episodes that, that, that ever, in my opinion. So yeah, it, this it, it's, it's one of my favorites.
2: Yeah, this is good, and especially in terms of that, the Colombo uh, recurring things. In that you got dog, you got a car. Uh, you got the uh, you got Mrs. Colombo being mentioned very heavily and you got a mention of a nephew and it was like a family like it's a uh, family back in New York. Like those yep. things it hits all those points very very well. <laughs> very obviously in this one, yeah.
0: Well, I I really I really like this episode not because it's a typical Colombo because my favorite thing's about the typical Colombo is is the super arrogant um, uh, murderer, mm-hmm. the the super explainy murderer, um, <laughs> the Roddy McDowell explainy murderer. That's, that's my absolute favorite thing about the Columbo formula, and this doesn't really have that, and so I kind of appreciate it on the level of being unusual in the way it frames the murderer. as. And I I have more sympathy for her than I have for almost any of the, the other. The other villains in Colombo, and I think hmm. that it makes it work dramatically for me, and that I'm I'm kind of rooting for her, and I'm kind of sorry that Colombo caught her, and he's kind of sorry he caught her, and and I think that that makes it a a, a great uh, dramatic character study.
2: John, uh, uh,
1: I like these later season Columbos around the '75 up through the end of the '70s because there's so much intimation about character depth. You get a lot of feeling that there's stories that were preceding these. Uh, and I thought this is this is one of the stronger ones because I'm left with a million questions about Valerie and Kay and and Mark and all the and more importantly the relationships between all these characters. So I really love that and a uh, lot of stylish and interesting things. A lot of time killing in this one, so I'm not giving it a super high one, but I will give it
2: yes.
1: <laughs> uh, seven seven plaintive cries from
2: Lainey Kazan for a hug. <laughs> Oh, the hug. Oh, the Uh, hug thing. Oh, boy. Fresh out of the
0: hugs, John. Fresh out of the hugs. Well, that's Uh, the thing. That
2: that shows that uh, she's been a fan. I mean, been a friend of uh, uh, Kay's for a while. Because she knows Kay is a very hands-on friend. She's very handsy. (laughs) It's either going to be hugs or back rubs, or it's one of those weird hugs. You're hugging, and it goes on a bit too long, but then all of a sudden you're feeling Kay's uh, fingers digging into your shoulders, your neck, like, oh, hey, yeah, okay, and you're trying to get out of it. <laughs> hey, it's good to see you too. How was last weekend? Yeah, um, I this one was okay. It's not one of my favorites, but even though it's not one of my favorites, I still had like a three and a half pages of notes on it because there was still like a lot of really interesting, odd stuff going on here. Um, it was so it was it was interesting to watch. I liked it a lot better the second time around. And actually, hearing a lot of the stuff you folks been bringing up, it made me rethink a lot of stuff too. So yeah, it, it was it was it was okay. It's not one of my favorites, but yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. All right. Boy, I That's could great. have been any more positive about it, <laughs> could I? <laughs> well, it, you, you and I talked about it in email, and you hated it. And the yeah. first time I saw it, I did. The first <laughs> time I saw it, I did. Uh, but then watching it again uh, this past weekend, I was like, oh, oh, okay, actually, this is a little bit better. But I, I mean, were gonna, I thought you were going to art it. No, go. I would never do that. I would never do that. Not until the George went episode. saying that for the very last one. Um, <laughs> but see, I think that that's going to happen the next one we're doing. It's going to be like a complete and total switch around.
1: Yeah, because I hate that
2: episode. Yeah, again. we're doing that. What's it? It's, it's, it's suitable, suitable, for framing. suitable for framing. We're doing that next. I thought it was fun. John hates it more than the plague. And he usually likes the plague. I hate it more than hell, all Montague and thee, my friend. I don't know what you're talking about, Brainiac, but all right. Anyway. <laughs> uh, well, th- uh, thank you, folks, uh, for doing the program. Um, uh, Donna, if, if, if folks want to read your work, where would they go <laughs> to find that?
0: Um, mostly they should just Google me and then uh, try to distinguish me from the uh, Saskatchewan librarian version of me.
2: <laughs> or maybe go um, for both, because I'm sure she's got a lot of good stuff out there, too.
0: No, I've been writing for uh, Think Christian, uh, which is Josh Larson's um, uh, site, uh, one of his many sites. Um, I'm still doing some work for the A.V. Club every once in a while. I did a piece for the Nashville scene just recently, so I'm just here and there.
2: Okay. And, uh, Noel, how about you? Where should folks go to find your work these days? I'm
3: I'm mostly at uh, the A.V. Club and the Dissolve. I'm also occasionally on uh, Rolling Stone and L.A. Times.
2: Okay. I guess that's an okay lineup. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) <laughs> I'm I'm on my Twitter. Hey, John. <laughs> yeah, RJ. I think we have something to talk about this week of yours that just happened. It yeah. just hey, came RJ, out. RJ. Uh, yes? Do you, do you like comic books? I I guess I'll admit that in public. Oh, that's a
1: shame, because they're for babies. No one <laughs> oh, should like them. But <laughs>
2: sorry. I suck. I like them, and
1: yeah. I wrote a book about them. It's I know. The yeah, it's called holding- The League of Regrettable Superheroes.
2: I'm holding a copy a- right here, and uh, I have not read the entire thing yet, because it's got stuff in my room, but... Uh, flipping through it it's a very uh handsome nice looking book and it seems funny but yeah it's good
1: i'm very very glad you like it if uh if folks would like to check it out you can go to the publisher quirk books and you can find it on amazon barnes and noble and anywhere else that books are sold like a bookstore or your, <laughs> okay. ne- your neighborhood book zeppelin or an enchanted tree
2: an enchanted tree i got mine uh from the enchanted zeppelin
1: no I didn't, know the, I didn't know the Enchanted Zeppelin carried books. I uh,
2: they, on, the East Coast, on the East Coast, they actually merged. Fair enough. Yeah. It's, it's angry. I don't know what that means. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a good book. People should pick this thing up. It, it's funny. It looks great. It's hardcover. She so can use it to uh, kill insects. So that's good. All those things are good in the book. Primarily why I wrote it. Yes, to kill insects. And trees. Anyway. Uh, well, that's a program. Uh, for this time around. Uh, if you want to listen to other episodes of this show, uh, just remember the phrase JOMT Podcast. You can go to JOMTPodcast.com, JOMTPodcast.tumblr.com, or JOMTPodcast.twitter.com. Follow us, read us there, listen to the show. Uh, we're also in the podcast section of iTunes. Um, but yeah, we're all over the internet, and that's pretty much it. Uh, we'll be talking to you next time. I'm RJ White. I'm John Morris. And thank you.
0: Oh, listen, just one more thing.
2: Yeah, it's time once again for viewer mail, where we uh, read and answer uh, correspondence from our listeners. Uh, John, do you have a letter?
1: I do indeed, RJ. I've got oh, a letter great. this time from Anthony Hope. Oh, okay. Uh, Anthony writes, "Hi John and RJ." Hey, hi Anthony. Thanks for writing. In. Uh, I love the J O M T podcast. Thank you.
2: That's not, thank you. It's nice to hear that from. Far. I mean, we we get the get people say like it, but it's nice to like actually hear it from someone. Yes. Sorry. Right. Good. Sorry. No
1: problem. No problem. Uh, uh, he goes on to say, uh, I've commented on the blog as user...
2: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, yeah. No, I've seen this guy. Yeah, no, he usually, uh, usually has pretty good stuff on there. Uh, like, really good commentary about things. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, he goes on to say that uh, he's even made animated GIFs of uh, Jack. Oh,
2: Hatties. I remember. Yeah, I saw those. Yes. Yeah, I know. Those are hilarious. I think I think uh, maybe we maybe posted them to the Twitter or something. Wait, no, no. We posted them on the site. Maybe I mentioned them on the Twitter, but I remember. Yeah, it was a while back. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Right. Go, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No
1: no problem. No uh, so he goes on to say, uh, "So I can't believe I'm gonna be that guy." Okay, sure, whatever, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but RJ, would you consider waiting a second before interrupting your co-host? Like who? Like
2: oh yeah? Oh well, well if I wait a second, it's not really interrupting. It's just kind of like you know, just you know, just letting them go. Like the oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, please. Sorry, yeah, sorry.
1: Yeah. Or your guest?
2: Right, right, uh, yeah. Uh,
1: it's the kind of thing where they'll start saying something like, "I thought the villain's hat looked really weird in that scene because oh
2: hey, hat." Wait, which one was he talking about? Was that, um. I think that's just a. a was rough, that oh, an estimate? Well, no, wait, did Donald Pleasants have a hat in, um. We haven't done the Donald Pleasants one yet. Oh, but I've seen it, though. Well, sure. I can't, I can't remember if he had a hat in that episode. I don't know. Because I, well, I know the net. No, the brother? No, the nephew. I'm thinking the nephew from, um. The other thing. No, no. But I. Uh, does the brother have a hat no, when he came in? No. I. I, I, can't actually, remember. I don't remember. No, he had the car. No, he has the car. Because I know there, that becomes a. Th- Sorry. Sorry.
1: Uh. Any anyway, Anthony goes on to say uh and you'll jump in and say, Oh, yeah, that's right, I couldn't understand it oh, yeah, I, I do that say
2: sometimes, yeah, yeah, I do say that sometimes, especially the, i I couldn't understand part of say that a lot because sometimes I don't really know exactly or I don't know like the person's talking about the scene, I don't know like, oh, well, wait, I couldn't get if that was that thing, or I thought it was this other thing, yeah, so I'm sorry, God.
1: and and uh, no problem, uh so he says, and they'll get cut off, yeah. Okay. And, and sometimes they just up end up abandoning uh, the thought
2: uh, altogether. Oh, really? Because I never really get that. Cause I usually it's a thing where we're just kind of like, a... oh, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's all right. So that's your mm. mail. <clears throat> I'm gonna go now, John.
1: Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Okay.